It is your money. It is 57 degrees here at the Minnesota State Fair. Happy to have everybody with us. My name is Susie Jones, and we are talking about your money for the next hour here. want to remind you, if you have a financial question for Peg Webb, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That number, one eight 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 six advice And you can always email questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But for the next hour, you can call our studio line, 651-461-9226. Now here is Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor, Peg Webb. Hello, Peg. We wish you were here. <laughs> I, I bet you do, but uh, 57 degrees is a little cool. I'm in <laughs> Minnesota today, and it is chilly, but I love it. I love the fall time of year. Um, hey, Bruce is out today, a well-deserved okay. uh, day off, but uh, we're going to be leading uh, your money uh, conversation today with a guest, and I brought a guest on because today's topic is, are women better investors? Uh, ah. So do do women actually make um, better investment decisions? You can kind of make a case here. They've been uh, women, as you know, it have just been making lots of great strides despite gender and age based wealth disparities. So my guest today, and she actually volunteered, she came up with the topic, is Jackie Ampey. And Jackie actually is a Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor at Wealth Enhancement Group. She's located in our St. Cloud, Minnesota office. She has a broad base of knowledge and years of experience in our financial industry, I'm especially passionate about educating and investing, financial planning, and working with women. So we thought she would be a great person to have on today. Not only is she a, a advisor at Wealth Enhancement Group, but she's actually a, a person that is um, has six boys, two daughters-in-law, and their little fur baby, Ralphie. So Jackie, welcome to the program. It's great to have you. Well, good morning, Peg and Susie. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be here. So one of the things that we thought we would do is, um, since we're focusing on the question here, are women better investors, I think we should go over a couple uh, areas that you and I are real familiar with, but listeners may not be. First of all, the disparity between wealth accumulation based on age and gender. Secondly, the importance of education is a critical leveler of investment success for women. And then third, the importance for women of aligning their investments with their values. And we have a lot of information today. Uh, We'd love to get Mm -hmm. listeners involved, though, especially women, if you'd like. Uh, Call us at 651-461-9226. And men out there, too, we don't mind you calling either. But once we talk about these key areas, uh, listeners might think of some questions to ask Jackie and I, you know, in the next hour. So, Jackie, take it away. Sure. Um, Thanks again, Peg. Uh, Really, I wanted to get started um, with a simple observation about women's roles in investing today that I think many of us may have forgotten, and that is until relatively recently, Peg, women couldn't even own property in this country, and they couldn't even take out a mortgage on their own. And really, that 
changed in 1974 with the passing and signing of the Equal Opportunity Act. And so things have changed considerably since then, but that's really only 50 years ago. But we have uh, made some big strides in terms of uh, growing our ownership in uh, real estate wealth. Now, what's even more fascinating, I think, is that women are taking a different approach from me today in terms of how they make their investment decisions and how those decisions actually are impacting the broader world. Um, but more on that later in, in the program, okay? Um, so what do we know about the disparities in wealth between women and men? And is the gender gap closing? There's actually some really good evidence today that says that the needle is moving in the right direction, but not quite there yet. Um, I do have a few facts I wanted to share this morning, Peg. And um, <clears throat> I just wanted to start out with... Uh, this one, and that is women now have discretion over $10 trillion of U.S. household financial assets. And that's really about a third of the total. So again, we've made some great progress. We've come a long ways. And more women today are, in fact, working. And better than that, they're actually owning um, more and more of them are owning their own businesses than ever before. So that's really encouraging news. Um, women also now earn the majority of college and professional degrees. That one actually surprised me a little bit, Peg. Um, nine in 10 women who are married or live with a partner do say that they're involved more with spending and investing decisions. That's actually up from 42% just 10 years ago. So things seem to be happening pretty quickly for, for us women in, the, in terms of financial services. Um, but there is still a significant disparity between um, men and women when it comes to median household wealth. And that's going to be based on age, gender, and marital status. Uh, before I dive into a couple more facts about that, I do want to define what is median wealth by household. When I say that, what do I mean? Um, well, median, uh, just so everyone is clear, that's not just the average. The average median wealth uh, um, per household would be calculating uh, by adding all the households up and dividing it by the number of households. Median, however, is calculated by taking the middle value um, uh, and uh, that comes in the half of you know, the, the larger numbers and the lower numbers. We feel median is a better representation of what we're trying to measure here. In this case, wealth by household. And then what exactly is wealth? Um, wealth is simply assets minus liabilities or debt. So um, we also have to keep in mind that that number could actually be negative in some cases, more so for our younger um, younger adults, perhaps those that have just graduated from college or their new home 
owners, etc. So what I wanted to throw out there were just a couple of statistics for some age groups, taking out the, the real young people, but um, just looking at age 35 to 54. Um, if we look at unmarried males um, in the U.S., their median household wealth is about $81,000. Compare that to unmarried females, only about $28,000 of median household wealth. Now, let's fast forward a few years to age 65 and over. Unmarried males have median household wealth of about $198,000, and women have come up a little bit. They're at $184,000 of median household wealth. So we can see that that gap, um, household wealth gap, is closing. Um, so that's good news for us, too. Now, what about the gender pay gap? Um, although that, too, is narrowing, it's still persistent. In 2022, for example, women earned 82 cents for every dollar that men earned. And that difference can't really fully be explained by women simply taking time off to have children. Um, single women without kids still have roughly 29% less wealth than never married men. So, Peg, um, how can women close this gender pay and wealth gap? Well, I do have a few good ideas that I wanted to share with our, our listeners today. First of which is... Start saving and investing early. That's really the number one key. Pay yourself first, ladies. Um, then find ways to accelerate your savings. Utilize the catch-up provisions in your retirement plans, your IRAs, your Roth IRAs. Um, save more once some of your major expenses are, are paid for. They're behind you. Um, that could be student loans. That could be when the mortgage gets paid off. And then you've got to consider investing for growth. Women by nature tend to be more conservative, right? So we like to keep more cash on the sidelines, but we're also living longer. So we need to make sure that our investments um, are working harder for us. Um, we don't want to outlive our investments, okay? Um, then have a strategy for claiming Social Security benefits. Peg, I don't know about you, but this is a really big topic. I talk to all of my clients about maximizing Social Security benefits. But in particular, I'm looking out for my female client. Um, she's going to live longer, more than likely. And again, I want to make sure that the decisions we're considering are taking into effect, you know, in taking into the fact that that the women are, are living longer and they're, they're going to need more income. And then um, find ways to reduce your income taxes. No one wants to pay more in income taxes than they have to, but if you're reducing this tax bill, that actually does give you more money to save. Peg? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. There's no one better than you and I today because we've been in this business for decades of time and witnessing how all these changes have happened. There's just no question that women have made progress. We still have 
uh, a little bit to do here. One of them that that makes me mad still is that, you know, we're at 82 percent of what the guys are making um, overall. The other thing I think that's going to happen, Jackie, is time. You know, you can't help generations that have been around for a long time and it's hard to change, right? So what we're seeing right. in some of these stats is that the older generation, there's no question. When we have older couples come in, it's still, the, you know, the guy is focusing on directing the conversations. But I have to tell you, from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when I did this job, it is night and day today, mm-hmm. which I'm so encouraged by that. A big part of that, though, right. is the education that women have. Um, they've actually been, you know, very powerful in trying to figure out how do I invest? How do I become educated mm-hmm. myself? You know, so these numbers mm-hmm. are rapidly changing. And I think we have a long way to go still. But what's actually mm-hmm. flipping the script on that? What is happening with women today and why they're making greater strides today than before? Right. Yeah, I've seen the exact same thing while meeting with clients. And, you know, uh, historically, women have always been seen as less confident than men when it comes to money. We lack the confidence while the men keep forging ahead. Now, I do have to say, Peg, this relationship could be changing. You and I have both seen that. Um, but like you said, it's going to take some more time. Women are getting more and more comfortable about investing and managing their own money. But, you know, it's it's genetic partly and it is partly learned. But women are different from men in how they approach money. So what works for the men isn't going to nece- necessarily work for the women. So women are less focused on stock picking and market performance. And they're really more interested in the long-term holistic planning and education, just like you said. They really want to understand what they're buying, what they're investing in, how it's going to work for them, what it's going to do for them long-term. And I, I think that's what really works best for, for the women to take that different approach. And, Two-thirds today of women now actually invest outside of simple emergency funds. That's cash and retirement accounts that you find in your workplace, your 401k. That's easy, right? Now they're actually forging ahead themselves and looking for other ways they can invest. Some are even buying real estate. Um, but some are interested in stock picking. Uh, but it, it is different from uh, how men do it. Um, they are more methodical, and they actually do tend to be less emotional about making their, their financial investment decisions. I know that's one of my biggest roles, Peg, is to serve as a behavioral coach for my men and women clients. You know, when the times get tough, Um, It's our job to step back and help our clients make decisions while taking the emotional factor out of it. That's really, really key. And I think women are better at that. Um, And here at Wealth Enhancement Group in general, um, I think we've been seeing more women actually asking for that guidance, looking for that education. They're calling in. They're scheduling 
meetings with us on their own um, to learn more about how they can design um, a personal financial plan and come up with financial strategies that are going to work for them long term. And particularly, this has been since March of 2020. And of course, we all know when that um, was. That's when COVID started. We're not really seeing that same level of additional engagement from Meg, um, from, um, men. Peg, what do you think? Um, do you agree with, with those numbers? I do. I do. What I'm seeing and and at Wealth Enhancer Group since we started the company, you know, 25 years ago, uh, because we're comprehensive planners, which tie to education. So it's not just buying a stock or a bond. We're going through the process, whether you're a man or a woman that comes to Wealth Enhancer Group, if you're a couple or you're, um, you know, single we're going to go through the same education prop process of what do we do? You know, what are your values? What's important to you? Um, one of the things that we still statistically see is that women are better investors. And there's all sorts of studies out there that say, hey, they've earned more money than men over decades of time. Well, you already mentioned that, Jackie. Because they're more methodical and strategic and not trying to find that hot stock, that's the bottom line is, you know, if you invest and you stay invested long term and you don't jump in and out of the market, that's just common sense today. But um, mm -hmm. not everybody is wired that way. But coming to Wealth Enhancer Group and firms like ours that are comprehensive planners that are going to talk about you know, long-term um, income that you need, you know, and you already mentioned a couple things at the beginning of the show. What can you do to get yourself in a better position, you know, long-term? The other thing we talk a lot about, not only internally in our corporation, is what's important to you? Like, what do you, what are your values? I mean, you have six boys. I mean, you know, family mm -hmm. is a huge value to people. And it can relate to trying to educate those children. I got to tell you, Jackie, my daughter can <laughs> spin around me today because I gave her partially the confidence to go ask yeah. questions. Don't be yeah. afraid. You know, it, it takes us you know, as moms and dads around the world these days to encourage women. And I've seen it happen. And I think we have a little bit more to go. But let's talk a little bit about aligning your values um, in, a, in the next couple of minutes. And we can always come back on the backside of the show uh, to further talk okay. about it. Jackie? Okay. Uh, sure. Um, well, many women, like you said, Peg, do want to align their investment strategies with their personal values, their family family values. That's really, really important to, to women. And um, really, it boils down to women being more conscientious about societal causes. And when I say that, I, I want to define societal causes. We're all familiar with the basic societal issues like um, poverty, homelessness, unemployment, climate change, all of those types of things. And societal causes lead to principles that guide to, uh, to solutions to these issues. So that's what women are really interested in doing more so than men. They're, they're looking to solve some problems. And um, 
really, there, there's also a growing field of this gender lens investing. And what that means is making investments or charitable gifts to nonprofits while taking into consideration how women and, in fact, girls might actually be positively impacted by their investment or their contribution. And we're motivated to do this because of our own personal experience with gender bias and discrimination. And it tends to have a rippling effect when we're investing in uh, women. I think that... Um, that is key there. So maybe we can talk more about that on the backside. <laughs> yeah, that would be great, Jackie. This is fascinating, of course, to us and would love to get listeners involved. Um, Susie, why don't you direct us, you know, if clients want to, or clients or listeners want to come join us at, on the backside of this show. That would be great. 651-461-9226. That is our Cities One Talk and Text Line. You can call that number, 651-461-9226. You can also text your questions. If you're in the audience as well here at the State Fair, you can walk on up to the porch here and we'll get your questions passed along to Peg and Jackie. We're talking about women and investing. If you are a woman and you have a question, um, Go ahead, jump on, 651-461-9226. We're back after this. Welcome back. It is your money. It is 835. I'm Susie Jones. And if you are just tuning in, we're talking about women and investing. Are women better investors? We have Peg Webb from Wealth Enhancement Group on our news line and our very special guest, Jackie, talking about just that. Are women better investors than men? And if you're listening right now online or in the audience here at the fair, you want to jump up and ask a question, 651-461-9226. If you want to ask it at a later time, the number to the office is 888-6-ADVICE. And you can even email a question to your money at wealthenhancement.com. Once again, though, here is Peg Webb. Peg, take it away. Thank you, Susie. I'm delighted to have Jackie Ampey here with me, Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor with Wealth Enhancement Group, located in our St. Cloud, Minnesota office, which is great. She's got a broad knowledge. She's a certified financial planner. That's a really big deal. That's a hard test to take. She's highly credentialed. Uh, she has a bachelor's from St. Cloud um, University. And when she's not working, which she's working a lot and taking care of lots of clients, but she loves walking, traveling, gardening, uh, time with her husband and the six boys and the two daughters-in-law and the and their fur baby, Ralphie. And welcome, Jackie. Uh, so glad that you could join us today. Well, thanks again, so, Peg. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So one of the things is, and I know this was your topic, this is something you were passionate about we discussed three key areas. One being the disparity between wealth accumulation based on age and gender when it comes to women versus men. Secondly, the importance of education as a critical leveler of investment success for women. And then third, the importance of women aligning their values. I can't tell you, um, you know, I, I can just just know how these meetings go, right? And and it's yeah. fun for me, and I know it's probably fun for you, is just seeing the evolution of women. Because we've had these clients for decades, 
and just to see the evolution of the confidence of women in these same clients that we've had for a long time, asking great questions. So women hold a a growing population of the global wealth um, in itself. Now, part of that is, you know, we're also seeing men pass away, right? We still statistically, women are living longer. And it's interesting to me sometimes when the guy passes away and we kind of almost mandate that the women show up for these annual meetings, because I think because we're women, we're just so encouraging that they come and they go, oh, I don't really want to. I want to take my grandkids to the mall. I, you know, I really don't want to take that time, but we're forceful. We want them to be there because what happens is life is what happens when you're making other plans. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the guy Mm -hmm. dies or your partner dies and you are going to be solely responsible. Lastly, a lot of times, even though they've been there for decades and they've listened, they don't have a thousand percent confidence. They know us. They know we're doing a good job, but yet they pull in their children a lot of times. They pull in their children after um, somebody dies, and then there's a lot of confusion because the children have never been pulled in, and all of a sudden they show up, and um, it, it's almost a little bit harder be, for us to pull that confidence out of that woman that has been in these meetings for a long time. So have you dealt with that as well? Absolutely, Peg. I do meet with a lot of our um, single women, female clients, um, particularly after they've lost a spouse. And yeah, a lot of times they didn't come to every meeting uh, during the, the years of, of being a, a client. Um, you know, oh, my husband took care of all that. But now it's up to them. They have to step up to the plate and start making some of these major decisions that they've never really been responsible for before. And I really do kind of take them under my wing. It's important to me to take my time, make sure they understand what I'm talking about, how things are going to work. I do want to educate them and they really, really appreciate it. And I do encourage them to bring their children if they would like to, but this is about mom. So I don't want them trying to sway, you know, too many kitchens in the kitchen and it's not always a good, too many cooks in the kitchen isn't always a good idea. But um, so uh, it's a good idea to have the kids there because then they can um, go back home and maybe reiterate to mom what they heard and they're taking notes too. So I think that gives mom a little more confidence as well versus if she just comes by herself she's not going to remember it all the first time but it is a process with with um my my single ladies who have lost their their spouse it it takes some time and you've got to be patient with them but that's i think where i shine i i love to do that for them and it's just really important I also believe, too, when the kids do come, and I'm saying that not not saying that they shouldn't come, but they're actually impressed. I, they, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them haven't had the option or the view of what comprehensive planning is. 
I think the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, they sold them them these bad investments, and you know, I can't wait mm-hmm. to see what you know mom and dad have been doing. And but they come in and and see our review process and how we take care of the mm-hmm. clients. And in a lot of cases, they say to the mom, "You're in good hands." You know, and that's yep. all about this education <laughs> and, and what's important to you. Um, Susie, yeah, uh, yeah. let's go to the uh, calls and texts. 651-461-9226 if you have a question for Peg or Jackie. Texter writes in this morning, how should a divorce woman plan when she receives permanent alimony but understands that that could change by the court? How Likely is it that the permanent alimony will discontinue or be reduced? She says, what factors would impact alimony? I think that's probably a really good question right up your alley, right, Jackie? Do you deal with that kind of thing? I I do. Um, Every case is a little bit different, though, so it's really hard to give any specific ideas or advice on the show today. Um, because I don't know the individual, I don't know what else they have. Um, but, at, you know, the starting point would be to sit down and look at the big picture. What else um, does this uh, divorcee have? What are the other investments? What is her income stream? What are is her need for income? And then we sit down and design a plan. And I think we have to do it two ways. One, that the alimony is going to continue, and then what's the backup plan in case it doesn't? Peg, what would you add to that? Yeah, I would say in my experience, it's been very difficult to get that alimony changed because it is in a court legal document, right? So yes, that the um, the person who doesn't want to pay anymore hires an attorney and challenges the court and but I haven't seen a lot of them change here is an example of what's happened recently in a divorce situation with me a client got a um, 50% of the pension for life and the company just um, approached my client and said hey we would like to offer you a lump sum instead of taking this amount for the rest of your life Now, this had nothing to do with the X, meaning this is something that the company decided to offer. It's a private company. So they wanted to make sure that if people wanted liquidity, they wanted a lump sum, that it was available to them. So she called me. And of course, it's tons of legal papers, you know, about these options that she has. And so our roundtable went through that and we found out that the lump sum only going to provide 10 years of guaranteed income. Now, mind you, she has this guaranteed income for the rest of her life. So, and she's only in her early 70s. And so we walked through the pros and cons and she said, I plan on living a lot more than 10 years and I don't necessarily have to uh, take a lump sum. Um, Well, number one, she couldn't take a lump sum because she didn't have enough assets to create that same income for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. So there Mm -hmm. are things that come up as the the need for consultation to get an expert or a person that you trust to go through the numbers with you. Um, And I like your idea, Jackie. Maybe you do run it two ways, but I think the probability is pretty high that the alimony is going to... um, be there uh, and maybe it does get a little bit less 
and that might be something to do. But a lot of times, Jackie, if I pulled out the whole alimony, a lot of these women don't have enough income um, to provide the same lifestyle that they had before they were divorced. And that's the whole ugly part. That's the whole ugly part about this divorces and um and you and I are are uh are are great at walking through the pros and cons um anything to add Jackie No not really um that that's re- those are really good points Susie any other uh people there that want to talk to us or call or text Well let's jump back in and say 6514619226 if you have a question for Jackie, or for Peg, we're talking about women investing. Are women better investors than men? Uh, Looking at some pretty big odds that they've had to overcome in the past how many years. I think I want to just ask Jackie about that information that until relatively recently, women could not own property in this country and could not take out a mortgage on their own. And now that women hold a growing proportion of global wealth, that's kind of astounding that in our lifetime, there was a time I didn't know that, that we couldn't own property ourselves or have a mortgage. That's kind of astounding, isn't it? Oh, it it is, Susie. And just prepping for the show today, um, I was doing some research and doing the math. And I'm like, really? I mean, I'm not that <laughs> old, but I'm not that young either. And I'm like... Gosh darn it, you know, 1974 really wasn't that long ago. And for a woman who wanted to buy a house to have to bring in a a male co-signer, um, boy, I, that's, that's, um, we've come a long ways. Let's put it that way. We've come a long way, baby. Yeah. As they say, as a woman myself (laughs) and a homeowner, I, I, it's, uh, nice to know I'm one of those women that owns my own home. Um, Another question I had for you personally. Oh, go ahead. Did you want to jump in, Peg? I did in that um, because we have a lot of couples that we work with and um, we do have a lot of single people as well. But when the couples come in to talk to us and we're talking about aligning your values with um, your investments or aligning values with all the decision making that you have to do, uh, I still find that, you know, the guys have a little bit more confidence talking in those meetings than the woman. And so what happens, though, is I I, um, ask the questions not just one time as a couple. I ask the questions to each of them individually. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you're putting a wall between them. They're both sitting in front of me, but you're putting a wall Mm -hmm. between them and asking them to answer the way they would answer, not have one person answer for the family. So I just wanted to throw yeah. that out there because I think that's important that, um, and guess what? Usually they don't answer the same. They both have kind of different right. values. Right. And we as advisors want to make sure that we take both into consideration um, because uh, if you don't have that, it's hard to generate a sustainable income for life for a couple if you don't know what's important to both of them. And we don't want to shut out one person. And then when it comes to taxes, they're doing a joint tax return. And so it's important Mm -hmm. that they align themselves with, you know, what's going to fall through to that um, tax return. And then here's a biggie. Whether it's your first marriage, your second marriage, or your third marriage, 
there's kids and legacy all over the place, right? So we see a lot of people that are on their second marriages. And it's important that we talk about their estate planning because we've got three kids on this side. And we've got three kids on this side. We've got eight grandchildren on this side, but no grandchildren. I mean, that all matters mm-hmm. in what's important mm-hmm. to you. Do you want to spend the money today for yourselves? Or do you want to create a plan, you know, now about if something happened to the two of you, do you want the monies to flow to this side, this side, or how are you going to, you know, disperse that? And that is really important to people once you start asking the questions. Susie? 651-461-9226. That is the number to call if you want to ask a question. You can text your question at 651-461-9226, or you can actually jump online. I had a question because I'm a woman and I'm an investor. Uh, I have a cousin, Jackie and Peg, who belongs to a women's investing club just a group of 10 or 12 women and they research different stock and they come together to talk about it and socialize. That's kind of a neat idea. Have you heard of much about that, either of you? And what do you think of that? Oh, I have, Peg. I've got a couple of female clients who um, belong to a, an investing club. I don't know if it's solely for women or if it's a mixed um, gender club, but I think part of it is for the social aspect of it. But again, I think that's an example of women wanting to educate themselves more about the stock market and investing and financial planning. I think it's a great idea. I'd like to see more of it. What about you, Peg? Yeah, I, you know, I also have clients that belong to it. And um, yeah, I think it's a great step. I encourage people that have talked to me about joining one or already in one that stock picking would just be one facet, one thing, you know, to learn. And it's not really the the be all end all, right? Trying to pick let's right. say Apple stock and have one on that big. And then you've got another one that is, you know, um, not doing as well. I'd love uh, there to be more discussion around comprehensive planning as well. You know, yeah. it's, um, you know, how much money do you need in the future? And, uh, and, you know, it starts to get a little bit maybe too personal there because yeah. people don't necessarily, especially we're from the Midwest, Jackie, right? So mm, people right, are very right. um, quiet about what their finances are like. The East Coast, you know, where my daughter worked in New York City, you know, they're just out in the open and their kids know every dollar that they have. But we're not like that in the Midwest. And so no, it's we're hard, not. To get people to, <laughs> hard to get people to open up. Um, so my suggestion with a women's investing club, love it as a basis for a start. And then you right. can always contact somebody who you might feel, you know, is more educational and maybe could direct some, um, you know, um, something, some things to talk about in that club. Uh, anything else to add to that? Um, not a whole lot, except, you know, this is something for fun. It's something to do with a small percentage of your overall net worth. I wouldn't recommend my single ladies taking all of their IRA and investing it according to what their their stock picking club is saying. But it is a good 
step to learn more about it and whether or not these groups are going to turn into planning opportunities, teaching each other more about, you know, the values conversation and, and that stuff. That's probably a ways off. <laughs> Good. All right. Susie, we have a call. Yeah, six five one four six one nine two two six. John is on our news line. John, good morning. You are on with Peg and Jackie. Thank you. Um, if I bring my mother in, or even just for me, you always hear about the no obligation consultation. What should you expect from that? I mean, from you or from anybody else, or what takes place? And should we bring any information? That sort of thing. I guess is my quick uh, call and. I can just hang up or hang on, whichever you prefer. Thanks, John. Go ahead, you guys. We've got two minutes, Jackie. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the answer is pretty simple. This is an opportunity for you to come in, bring your mom, um, bring a list of questions, bring whatever information you would like to have handy. But it is an opportunity to get to know us, learn more about how we um, work with clients, what kind of comprehensive planning might mom need to do, what what are your questions, and just kind of get that conversation going. If you bring a tax return, if you bring specific statements, we will take the time to look at that for you, give you some above-the-horizon um, general observations and thoughts and considerations, um, but it's all up to you what you're comfortable um, sharing with. The more open you are, the more you'd probably get out of that meeting, but you don't have to. Um, it's just a, an introduction meeting, an opportunity to see if there's a fit. I don't know if you, you've got anything to add to that, Peg. Yeah, I, you know, with Wealth Enhancement Group, it's great that we, uh, we see it as a two-way interview. You're interviewing us and getting to know who we are and what services we provide and remind you that you're, we're comprehensive planners. And then secondly, for you to be uh, interviewing us um, and then we interviewing you because we're looking for clients who want comprehensive advice and they're willing to pay for it. So when you come in, I love the word consultation because you're both discussing what we do, what you're looking for, and if that's a match, then we can talk about what that would cost. And then you'd know all that when you left the meeting. So, All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was a great hour. And if you are listening and you did not get your question answered, it's 1-888-6-ADVICE. You can write that down. You can always as well email your questions to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Make it a great day. Thanks, both of you, for coming on. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Susie. Thanks, Susie. See you next week.